Good morning, everybody. Stand this morning. Let's give the Lord praise this morning. Slow start, but everybody got going on that. Uh, cold weather's got everybody moving slow, I guess. But I love it. It's perfect. God's going to bless, and we're not going to worry about the weather. We we got a good heat and air system right here. It's nice and comfortable in here. And you know what? That's kind of sometimes that's people that's Christian people's problem is they want to be too comfortable. Amen. As long as we're comfortable, everything's smooth and smooth and perfect in my life then I'll, I'll be there. But you can get just some people just a little bit out of their comfort zone, and where do they go? They chase the things of the world. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find that comfort. You know what? God promises peace and comfort as long as we serve him, honor him, and follow him. Amen. But our life, our life has to line up with the word of God in order to receive that peace and comfort that he has for us. And too many people, they want to get it on their own. They want to get it their way, and they want to get it exactly when and how they want it. I've tried that myself, and it doesn't work. you got to let your life line up with the Word of God. That's why we're all here, to learn more about how to do that. So we're going to dig into the Word, see where it takes us, and see how God tells us we're supposed to live. Because a lot of times people are confused on how they're supposed to live. It's not confusing. Just read the Word. That's why we're here. So we're all here to learn the Word, and I'm glad to see everybody here. I wish this house was completely packed out. But it's not. So, Brother Sean, would you pray this morning over this morning's lessons? Lord, we thank you. We're here to worship and honor you. We're here to learn about you, Father. We ask that you teach us how to obtain the peace that surpasses all understanding, which is you. Holy Spirit, have your way in this service out here, the services to come, the services in the back. Lord, you know we all come in here with struggles and problems, and we, we know that you are the help. Your Holy Spirit is here to help us, and we I know I need your help. And I'm sure there's plenty of people, if I turn around and took a quiz, raise your hand if we need the help of the Lord, we need your help. And please help us, first and foremost, to be okay with being uncomfortable. Help us to be uncomfortable in the midst of whatever situations that come, because if you put us in discomfort now, it's to train us for the discomfort later. So please help us to focus on you with whatever it is we're facing and dealing with today, Lord. And just give you honor and praise through all of it, even if we can't get our emotions and, and physically to line up with you, Lord, that we just seek your face. And Lord, we love you today. We thank you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, Rock Harbor. Good morning. We are on page 31 in our city guides. Speaking about our position in Christ. Central truth is that living in Christ is a, a place of great blessing. Um, definitely something that, that we talk about often as, as a Christian is we love the blessings of God, right? Amen. I mean, that's that's always something that we always want and, and that we, we always want to be involved in and a part of we want god's blessings and 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 god promises blessings um you probably heard me say recently and i think it's something that um needs to be stated that we make sure i mean i love god's blessings but i also want to make sure that i'm not taking his blessings for granted and then also that god is not just a blessing giver from the aspect because i because i ask him or demand them or want them there are prerequisites in order to obtain God's blessings. And, and this is one thing that I've thought about often. I'm not perfect. 
but this is something I've tried to run my own life by personally, is that, you know, growing up in the church and, and meeting a lot of different people and seeing a lot of people, uh, people's viewpoints on blessings, and I'll use that as the example this morning, people would, uh, over the years, I've met a lot of people who would get into like this, this groove where that's what the whole, the whole existence was about, was just God's blessings, speaking God's blessings and, and desiring God's blessings. And God has a blessing for you. And there's, if you're going through a hard time, there's a blessing waiting for you on the other side. And I would hear this over and over again, but I always, I was always thought it was interesting because I went through hard times. But it wasn't like at the end of the hard time, there was like, okay, here's your big reward with a bow wrapped around it. I never experienced that. And I always thought that there was something a little bit off because it was always seeking more about the blessing and less about the blessing giver. And so I started to kind of orchestrate my life a little bit differently in, as far as the way that I ran it from the position of seeking the Lord in that blessings to me are the byproduct of knowing him. Amen. That's it. It's the byproduct of knowing him. The most important thing to me is knowing him above everything else. It's like you want the, and I actually was in a conversation with somebody not too long ago about this. We're talking about getting themselves out of a tough situation, struggling in a situation where they were uh, very um, um, depressed and dealing with certain things. And I said, listen, God's the cure. God's the answer. But it depends on the version of God that you're looking for. Are you looking for the dispensary God? Or are you looking for the God that is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God that we serve? Which one are you looking for? They say, now people would say, well, he's all of those things. He can be that God. Okay, I get that. But in the end, I still say you have to know him and you have to desire to continue to know him. It's kind of like, you know, you get to know somebody or you meet them. You know, for the first time, you shake their hand and, and they're like, hey, we'd like you to come over to our house and, and have dinner with us and get to know us. And, well, I don't really have time for all that. But every time you got a problem, you go to that person. Hey, can I borrow your shovel? Hey, can I borrow a stick of butter? Hey, can I borrow this? Hey, can I have that? Hey, no problem, man. I'll get you taken care of. But could you come over for dinner? I'd like to sit and talk with you. Yeah, I'm kind of busy right now. How long is that going to last? What, what do you think? You think their perspective of you is going to change? Probably. So, see, that's what I'm saying. We treat God like that a lot of times. You know, it's like, and Christians treat him that way. It's like, I want God for what he can do for me, not so much all of the time that it takes to kind of get to know him. Yeah, it takes time to get to know him. It does. It's a bit of a sacrificial thing. You've got to take the time to get to know him. But they're all, But when we do that, then the blessings get unlocked. I think if you go traipsing through life looking for the blessing... I think you can get lost. I think you can get lost. I think God kind of gets pushed to the back. And then it's about the blessing. And and I don't think it was ever meant to be that way. I think, I, I believe that because God loves us so much and because it is an intimate relationship that we have with him, that it was it was a byproduct. And, and it was like, you know, you serve me, you put me first, then all of these things follow. So somewhere along the line, people started to get confused about how, what, uh, let me say it like this there's a bit of a chronological order that we have to follow and if you get mixed up and you switch the chronological order around and then it's like I know God can bring me those blessings and I know God is the blesser and God's going to bless me more and then we forget about him 
well, then that just don't work out very well. Eventually, he's going to get tired of loaning you that stick of butter. <laughs> he's going to want a relationship. Okay. Uh, let's get started. Living as part of the family of God is found in the greatest blessing we could ever hope for. In this lesson, we are going to discuss the privileges that accompany our position in Christ. It's a privilege, right? Yes. Privilege. Amen. You got a privilege, you get a privilege because it comes with the position uh, that he gave you, but it was obtained by him in the gift that he gave you first, and then the privilege comes second. As you study this lesson, examine your heart to determine if you are appropriating all the benefits God affords to you. Some theologians argue that the book of Ephesians supports the idea that God only selects some people to be saved by predestinating them for salvation while predestinating others to be lost. We don't believe in predestination. Um, the predestination means that God has already made the decision for you. You are simply just choosing what God has already, go has, has already chosen. We don't believe in predestination. Why? Because God has always been a God of choice. Uh, Pastor mentioned this the other night, and I mentioned to him after it was over. I said, I thought that was fantastic. Uh, I believe, and Pastor, correct me if I'm wrong, your quote was that, um, that true success is good decision-making. True, true, true success is decision-making, good decision-making. Um, true failure is bad decision-making. I, I, I teach this to my kids. Uh, I, I've talked to other people about this recently, um, referring back to that individual who's been dealing with some rough times. I said, it's all about the decisions you make. And too often people are looking for God to come in and, you know, doesn't really matter what decision you made. Is there forgiveness? Absolutely. Absolutely there's forgiveness. But some, for some reason, people don't unpack those things. They don't understand that. When I've been, for, I've been forgiven of my sins, but there are consequences to my sins. Yeah. That's just the way that it is. And it's like you're asking God to forgive your sin. And is there any way we can just cover it up and pretend like it never happened? No, you did it. It was done. It left a residual effect behind you. Things are going to, uh, uh, the, the legal system can get involved and all these other things. Yes, bad decision-making leads to bad things. And that's just the way that it is. Good decision-making leads to good things. And that's a, like a rule of thumb. Um, I believe that, um, along with what Pastor was saying about success, if you think about that, if you really start to consider it, that facet is in every aspect of our life. Every aspect. You say, well, I want God's blessings. I've said this verbatim before. Say, you want God's blessings? Start making better decisions. Mm -hmm. You want God's blessings? Just start making better decisions. That's, it's, it's quite simple. Well, I want God's blessings, but you still do this. I want this, but you still do that. Okay, it's, it's not going to work. You have to make better decisions. I, I trust God. I trust God to take care of me and my family. I trust God um, to protect us and to provide for us, but I'm not working every day, right? Why? Well, if I trust God to take care of me, why don't I just stay home? Why not? God's giving you a path for your life. Giving you a path. You got to actually go walk the path, right? There's, some, there's people right now that are believing that. There's people right now that are believing that, that's, that, that God's unlocking a blessing to them that they don't actually have to go to work and, and get that money. <laughs> that's a, that's not the God that I know. I don't know that God. Yeah, just, yeah, just believe it. It'll take place. So we come back to that principle, that principle of, of good decision making. Because 
that if you really consider all of those things, there were some things in my own personal life. I'm not going to get into that because we need to keep going. There's some things in my own personal life that were unlocked, unlocked to me when God revealed to me, it's simply a decision. Just make it. I was like, but I've been waiting on you. No, make the decision. Go. Get on out there. Live life. Make good decisions. It'll work. I tested it, and it worked, just like he said it would. You know, sometimes we're waiting in the back. We're afraid to step out. It's like, God, show me, show me this and show me that and give me this and give me that. It's like, I've already given it to you. All you got to do is just make the right decision. You'll go in the right, you'll go the right way if you make the right decisions. Yeah, make the decision. Get out of bed. Yeah, that's right. You might live the rest of your life. Look what's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. So, I think this is a very useful uh, lesson for today's situations. Um, Ephesians does speak of predestination, but Paul described a predestined plan of redemption that all people can take part of if they respond to the call of the Spirit. Today, we are looking at God's plan of redemption and the blessings that Christians receive as a result of Jesus' sacrificial work on the cross. All right, let's get into this. Hallelujah. Haley, if you can read. Ephesians 1 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify Him. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realm. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Our spiritual blessings in Christ. God desired fellowship with humanity, including us. <clears throat> but in order to stand before God, a person must be holy, purified from sin of this world. No person is good enough on their own to become holy and acceptable before God. His plan then made it possible for people to be uh, able to live with him for eternity. Okay, so the only one thing I want to point out here, and, and well, actually, I think we'll bring it up again because I think there's another point that I wanted to make on this. But remember that 
the the way that we approach God was through his plan. I can say, okay, yes, it's Jesus. We all know that. But my, my point is, is that Jesus was his plan, not ours. Okay? So what does that mean? That means the only way to the Father is through the Son, but the plan. It is... It's not something that you can imagine. You just say, I'm going to approach God. You can't do that. Well, I'm going to do it this way. You can't do that. Well, I'm going to go to heaven. I don't know about that. Are you, are you walking it through, through God's plan? Because if you're not, if it's not through God's plan, then we're doing it the wrong way. The reason I say that is because we've got a lot of people out today coming up with these different ideas that this is the way they're going to make it to heaven. This is the way that they, this is, I, I serve God this way. No, you don't. No, you don't. There's only one way to serve God. What I think is so funny is that if you, if you think you think that that's wrong, bring it up. And people get spitting mad that you'd even think about telling them that they were wrong, that they can't serve God that way. So, man, if you if you do you and it's all and you're good and you got no issues, you got no you know as far as uh, you you're convinced you're right. Then what does it matter what I say? Because the truth has an effect on people. This is why, listen, church, this is why it gets people so rattled when you say this is what the Bible says. The Bible says this. You ever wondered, I mean, I look at it from a data kind of data angle. It's like, look at, the, look at the, the approach that people take when the word of God is mentioned. It's the only thing that gets people spitting mad. Why? You ever wonder that? So why are you getting so angry for? I mean, if you're convinced you're right, why does it make you so angry? That when I say this is what the Bible says, why does that frustrate you so bad? Because it's telling you not. Exactly. So there's it's because the Word of God is alive. It, it it it's it's applicable to spiritual matters, and when somebody is spiritually lost, it's going to affect their situation. It has it is no choice. It's going to work that way. Well, you started out by talking about uh, you know a, a job. Mm-hmm. Well, God give uh, Adam a job. Mm-hmm. Take care of the, take care of the right, uh, yeah. garden, and uh, he messed it up. And we mess up a lot too, but he messed it up, so he could didn't have a garden to take care of no more. Right. <laughs> well, my deal is uh, my my comment is uh, the human man or humans need something to do. Mm-hmm. If they didn't, God wouldn't have gave him control over the garden and take care of it. It's a good point, too. We need we need something to do. We would really be, I don't know, just plumb lost if we didn't have a job. Yeah. Some kind of a job. Well, and, and along with that, and you're right, Jim, along with that, people find something for themselves to do, and it starts to lead to things that aren't no good. I mean, and what I mean is not from the job yeah. context, mm-hmm. but idle hands, you know? It's yeah. like you find yourself David and Bathsheba, you put your, you know, you're out of the, you're out of where you're supposed to be, and by doing that, you won't find myself something to do. You're probably gonna find something you shouldn't yeah. be. Shouldn't uh, be when I retired, well, you know, I had to have something to do. I couldn't just sit in the house. All right. So I went to, I went to working on lawnmowers and picking them up and fixing them and mm-hmm. and uh, selling them and and then going from there on. But I mm-hmm. had to have something to do. I, I couldn't just sit there. I thought, well, when I retire, man, I go fishing, and and I've done that for a little while. Right. 
And I went out there and I sat and I went to the river and I caught fish and, you know, and I done this and I done that, but it just wasn't fulfilling. You mm-hmm. gotta have something. Yep, I, I agree. Now That's I good. don't have that and I do miss it mm-hmm. because I've got a lot to do all right. And, I, and now that I can't do mm-hmm. uh, some things that I, I want to do, well, sure. it's even worse. Well, I thought, but, you, but you're right though, I like your, I like your topic there. Okay, so, so, so we know that it's impossible to please God on our own. We're not acceptable to God because we want to be. We're accepted because of his plan and what he allowed us to have access to, which is through Jesus, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That gave us, obviously, the opportunity to stand before him. The Christian's blessing goes beyond being able to stand in the presence of God. Christians are given the blessing of being adopted into God's family and given the rights and privileges of a son or a daughter. So, rights and privileges, and, and think about that. You've been adopted into God's family, right? Yeah. So, we're adopted into the family, and then things come with being in the family. Adoption was part of the predestined plan of God. He desired to pour out his love to those who, uh, that he created. All of God's blessings were made possible through Christ's sacrifice and resurrection. God so loved humanity that he sent Jesus to earth to give himself for our sins. If God had never given Christians anything else, the gift of salvation would have been enough. I amen to that. Yeah. You get a big amen with a capital A for me. That's because, I mean, had, I mean, he didn't have to do anything else. He could have done that alone and said, you know what? It's, you're just going to have to live a life of suffering, and I'm not going to really give you any access to anything else because you guys are vile people in and of what you, you're creating, you know, your, your body. You're just, you are, you're not good people at the core of you. You don't get anything other than salvation alone. He could have done that, and, I would, and we would have been like, okay, I can see where you're coming from. But he didn't do that. He unlocked everything. His plan was to pour out blessings. That was his plan. But still come back to the original idea. Or no, I'm sorry. That's not right. The original statement at the beginning is that what we have to maintain a relationship with the Father in order to keep connected to the blessings. You don't just get the blessings for nothing. It doesn't say to bless humans. It says bless his people. Yeah. And that's Taken from the lesson text. But there's a general broadcast now that every human, everybody's just going to be blessed by God because he's God and I'm who I am. Right, exactly. That, that's universal. And yeah. that's not true. Mm-hmm. His people, the people that serve him. Uh, now, does he bless society in general? There's times, yes. Sure, I've seen that. But the, the misconstruing that's going on today and being taught today simply not correct yes I, I tell you what always scenario I think of and it's not exactly of course I always think of Job's situation with his friends mm-hmm. and and then when God came on the scene I mean everybody was down I mean it was and it was a sobering moment and he's I don't remember exactly what his words were but he's like whose whose words are being used to challenge me and, and who's who's calling these things forth as, as though they're truth who's who's gonna who's talking I'm like whoa whoa one of these days, that's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to come on the scene, and the, and the, the sayers that have been talking, hey, this is how you serve God, and this is, this is who God is. God's going to come on the scene and say, hey, who, who's been talking? Who's, who's been saying stuff about me? So anyway, I think that's interesting. Okay. Um, what was that? Yeah, God. God's individual plan? Yeah. Got it. 
Much like the story of Hosea and Gomer in the Old Testament book of Hosea, God demonstrates his love in the lengths to which he is willing to go to redeem his people. Not only does God pay the price to redeem the lost individual, but he forgives the individual for the rebellious acts that separated him or her from God in the first place, doing so through the sacrifice of Christ. Okay, so he forgives sin, right? He forgives the, re the rebellious act because he's a forgiver. Thank God for that. But let's go ahead and take it a step further. He said, uh, I'm going to read that again. Um, he paid the price to redeem the lost individual, but he forgives the individual for the rebellious acts that separated him or her from God in the first place, doing so through the sacrifice of Christ. When we have been forgiven, God does not hold our past sins against us. Amen. Nothing held, no, there's nothing held against you. If there is something being held against you, you are holding it yourself. Nothing, nothing has, God did not come and put it in your hand, you have it in your own hand. And, and now listen, let's be realistic again though. I understand in Christ that, that, that there's no shame and no guilt, absolutely. But we are human beings. Are you going to experience the emotion of shame and guilt? Yes, you will. You're, you're going you're gonna to experience it. Now you're going you're need to, you're gonna need to be able to respond correctly to it, to be able to put it in the right place. You're gonna to have to know where it belongs, but, and this is this is the, now this is just me, judgment and looking at scripture. Are there gonna be times that we battle with those things? Yes, of course, because we live in a fleshly body. This is why we look forward to the day that we are uh, made perfect, so we are not having to deal with all those things anymore. But while we are here, you are going to deal with those type of emotions, and we should we should fight against them. We should push back. We should we should claim our freedom. We know who we are in Christ. But, for, but to, and the reason I say this is I've come into contact with so many different people that have this kind of perfectious perspective that because now that they are a Christian, none of these things should ever happen to them. To pretend I've been forgiven in my past, but for some reason, all these thoughts just keep strumming through my mind of everything that I've done. The enemy's going to use it against you. Of course. Absolutely. These things are going to, that's a part of the battle. Let's not, let's make sure we don't have an an unrealistic perspective of God that we think that the Christianity walk is one without trial or tribulation. And if you were ever wondering what that trial and tribulation could be, think about it. What do you think the enemy is going to use against you? The very thing that God has redeemed you from. So if God says, hey, you can be, you can have peace from your past. What do you think the enemy is going to use? He's going to use your past. And as long as you're in this body, you will experience that battle and that warfare. You will experience the emotions and the feelings of looking back and saying, man, I wish I'd have never done that. Yes. But we need to know where to put it. That doesn't belong here anymore. We put it back. We put it back. Some have even said, I don't understand why I got to keep going through it because it's just like replays in my mind. I'll go to bed at night and I dream dreams and all of these things. As long as you're living in this body, we're going to have to do that warfare. You're, you're going to be doing warfare to put it where it belongs and keep it there on a consistent basis. It's As long as we're in this thing, you're going to deal with a, a, an imperfect creation. It's an imperfect creation. I've not found a Christian yet. If if uh, And we all have tattered pasts. I've not found a Christian yet that looks back on their life and says, man, I'm so happy of, of all the decisions I've made. <laughs> I'm, I've not found one yet. And, and most people don't really want to talk about it. It's like, man, it's not really anything I go into. Thank God we don't, want, we, don't, we don't talk about it because it's in the past. 
God doesn't look at those things, and neither should we. But you will have to deal with things trying to come back up because that is the, uh, the nature of the enemy, and that's the nature of your flesh. Okay, so God does not hold our past sins against us, nor does he ask, or I'm sorry, nor, uh, nor does he ask us to earn our forgiveness or to live it in guilt over our past. So, so guilt, don't have, to, don't have to live that way. Is it going to try to rear its head up? Yes, but we need to know where to put it. He gives us grace, salvation. He gives us grace. Salvation is a gift that we do not deserve. This gift is not given begrudgingly. Rather, he lavishes his grace on us because he greatly desires us to have a relationship with him. Going back to the relationship. It is our great privilege that God has not hidden his plan from his creation. Through the ministry, death, and resurrection of Christ, his plan and his will have been revealed to us. Paul referred to God making known the mystery of his will. The reference to a mystery here is an event previously unknown, but which now has been graciously revealed to us. God made his will clear, so it is not hard for a person to understand his will with regard to salvation. At the right time, God sent Jesus to earth to be the once-for-all sacrifice for our salvation. When people come into alignment with God, everybody say alignment. Alignment. Alignment with God, following his will and his voice, they will experience the blessings he has for them. The blessings come from the alignment of being in his will. That's where that comes from. Blessings are not individual, um, individualized in and of themselves, meaning that God separates the blessings from himself. And if that was the case, then you would be able to access God's blessings by a work or some sort of a duty, and then you wouldn't necessarily have to know him. But God doesn't unpack his blessings from himself. So if God doesn't do that, then, then what does that mean? That means that I'm going to have to stay in alignment with him in order for everything else to work. This is one of the things that we've brought up in here in the past. It's like, okay, people come down here for prayer say, i got this problem and I need God's help. Have you been praying? And have you been reading? You may think, man, that's so cliched. You guys say that so much. But there's so much truth in it. You've been praying and reading. Why would we ask that? Because we need to see if you're in alignment with God's will. If you're in alignment with God's will, then it's not going to be hard to steer you back on course and we can come into agreement. But if you are not praying and you are not reading, you really don't have a desire to do so. I've seen, we, Pastor and I have had people ask for prayer. And every time they come down, have you been praying and reading? No. Okay, listen, I can tell you why you're having a hard time. Okay? It's not a formula, but if you consider God's blessings that don't separate themselves from him, why are we thinking we can get God's blessings but not have to know him? Quick fix. Absolutely. The vending machine blessing. Give it to me. Just give it to me. Pray for me. Pastor, anoint me with oil. And let's get this thing over with so I can go back to my life again. That is the attitude of a lot of people. And and so I come back to that alignment uh, issue. We have to align ourselves with God. If, if you are in a position or a place in your life and you're like, you know what? Things haven't been working out for a long time. Let me just pull you back to the alignment aspect of it, and I ask you this. Are you in alignment with God? Are you in alignment with his will? 
Are you praying or reading your word? Are you doing the things that you know that you need to do? I've been called out by the Holy Ghost before. Called out. Thought I'm suffering. I'm down. I've got my face in the in the in the pillows. God, I need your help. And it's like, I haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just saying. So where where you been? I have literally got that inspiration from the Holy Spirit. Hey, I haven't heard from you in a while. Where you been? And it's and and, and here's the, the thing about it. I had been praying. I had been reading. I know what he meant when he said that. I had been going through the motions. I hadn't had a heartfelt experience or encounter with him in a, in a while. And that's why he was saying, where you been? And we had such good times together. Where, where have you been? I've been waiting for you. And he's always so loving and he's always so kind. And he's always, he's always uh, handles me personally so perfectly when I enter his presence. But he's quick to show me. He's like, man, I haven't talked to you in, in a while. You haven't been, you haven't been talking to me. You, I, I done a message not too long ago. The Lord inspired me. And you may remember this about prayer. This uh, I think a couple Sunday nights ago about praying. And let's not just pray to be praying, but let's have God encounters. Let's let's actually go after Him. Let's actually pursue Him. When He comes back, I want to be found in pursuit of Him. And and actually be going after Him, looking for more of Him, trying to garner a stronger relationship with him when he comes back. I want to be found in that mode. But I don't want to be found in a mode where um, I've become like one of the churches uh, and I've become stagnant or cold or um, I've, I've lost my lost my first love. I've gotten sidetracked. I don't want to be. I don't want to be that. So I say that we got to be in pursuit of him. And I think it's going to probably be your your best uh, uh, your best strategy that when he comes back that he finds you in pursuit of him, looking for all of him that you can get. I think in a big way, the search for blessing, so to speak, many people search for blessing. They want somebody else to do the work for them so they can see. Hey man, that's a good point. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, we see that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, worship team, hunt me up. Y'all do the work. I just want the blessing. Right. Or preacher or teacher or what it's up to us it's our responsibility even when the going's tough and hard sometimes it's like we can't break through the wall but hey mm-hmm. we got to keep keep doing it yeah uh, blessings are to be had but there's a course to get to them there's a course to get to them right that's a good point hey were you gonna say something yeah. go ahead um i prayed for months and months and months about my house and i was like Oh, this is going to be, you know, one of the biggest blessings that God has given to me. And I hate that I have that mindset looking back now. Because mm-hmm. once I actually got in it, it's like I was praising God for it. But then it wears off because it's a material blessing. Yes. Yeah. But the biggest blessing that has got out of that house, not that it's beautiful or, oh, God bless me with it. But one night I was reading and I was really like in my word and I was praying and I just started Weeping, and that happened for like days and days in a row. Now, the material blessing of my house that withers and that fades. Some days I'm just like, Yeah, this is my house, whatever. But like, even right now, like those emotions are starting to well up in me because I remember like how on fire I was. That's the true blessing. Yes, and I think so many people get off the path of that. Like yeah. me, for months I was praying for that house, and it wasn't, Oh, let's further our relationship, it was more. 
oh God, please help me to make the right decisions to get to this, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of off that path. Sure. And yep. now it's like, and that's what I'm more worried about is digging in the word and getting in front of him and furthering that relationship. That's a bigger blessing than any material blessing you can ever Absolutely. Get. Well, and then you mentioned the it, it wearing off. And I think that's a good point because I also, you heard, we went back to this not too long ago, too much is given, much is required. And then you get it and you're like, man, I've got to put a ton of stuff in this thing. I've dumped Amen. a bunch of money. I've dumped a bunch of time. And then you, you're like, was it worth it? Well, what am I, what am I doing? Where's God at? And then we realize that maybe we have lessened that experience. And, and I'm, you're 100% correct. And I think that's a good point that you're making. We are all have found ourselves in that situation. Pastor and then Jim. Just quick, most biblically related blessings are not material. Right. They're, they're vertical. Right, they're vertical. It's up, not, not here. And I, that's being confused in Western culture. Confusing is being taught. Yeah. Well, we sold our house over here. Uh, we've been, you know, talking to God about it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And if you ask God for something, you better be ready. He might, he might throw it at you. <laughs> Most generally, he said he's going to give the desires of your heart. And if that's what you desire, he'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. And about two months into that, I told Linda, I said, is it too late to change our mind? <laughs> <laughs> and and we, I haven't got over it Yes, I said, I thank you, God, for what you're doing. Yes. And I thank you for the trailer that you found us mm-hmm. and the things. But after that, it started coming in that, I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars. Yep. Going down the drain for Absolutely. getting electric and you know and all every, and I, I feel your pain. And we still don't have it. <laughs> yeah. I know. All, all we now we've got is water meter set. But praise God. Yep. That He's doing it all for us. I mean, uh, we're having to work. Yes. We're, right. It's not just it's not just thrown out there to you. But That's you a good have point. You got to work for it. And and you know. And I'll say this, and we need to keep moving here. I had um, same same thing. You know, when I was young, dreams. I want a big family. I want to be self-employed. I want to work for myself. I don't want to work for anybody else. All these dreams, God gave me everything that I had ever asked for, and it's the hardest life I've ever had to live. <laughs> everything though comes with a price, and it's like God's faithful. He'll give. He's like, all right, hey, I I can get you there. If that's what you want. But I, I agree with everybody's points on this because I think we all realize that, man, that stuff wears off in the long run. It's like, man, it's, it's, there's more work going on there, and, and we got to realize that this is about God and, and vertical blessings. I want, I want eternal blessings. Let's put it that way. I want something that's eternal. I don't want something that's just going to decay. All right, let's go to God's purchased possession. Paul explained to the Ephesians how blessed they were to have heard the gospel preached to them and to have responded affirmatively upon hearing it. Those who respond to God receive an inheritance. Uh, Ephesians 1, 11, this is, of course, the gift of everlasting life. Just as child benefits from the wealth of his parents, a child of God enjoys his blessings because of the work that he has done. The redemption accomplished through Jesus Christ. Likewise, just as a child can ask a father for anything, here we go with the asking the father, mm-hmm. a child of God can ask of his or her father and receive a positive response if that request is in keeping his will. Okay, so so they, we know that we can receive from God, but it has to be in line with his his will, with being in his will. And, and um, you know, I go back and I'd always heard people say, you know, I, I, I always looked at other people and think, 
man, I want to be where they're at. The Christian people. And that's and then I hear them, they were like, ah, you know, it ain't what you think it is. And there's a lot of this involved. I was like, man, I don't care what you're saying. Just let me get there. And then as time went on, you finally get there. It's like, okay, they were right. <laughs> I was like, okay, I should have I took some advice. should have listened. These people really knew what they were talking about. But it says, um, like a child can ask a father for anything, a child of God can ask uh, his or her father and receive a positive response. So you can ask God. Yeah, absolutely. You can ask for God for anything. Let's just make sure that it's lined up with his will for our lives. It's God's desire that no one perish spiritually. Those who choose, and that's, that is the most important aspect of it, church. It's, it's not what we can get out of it. It's the fact that God doesn't desire anyone should perish spiritually. He doesn't want anyone to die and go to hell. That's actually the whole point of the matter. All the other things are just small byproducts of a larger picture. Because really, if you think about this, the, the whole thing is about where you're going to spend eternity at. Because this time, this time frame, frame here is short and limited. Time frame there is eternal. Either place, it's eternal. Okay. Those who choose eternal life by submitting themselves to God's plans will be adopted and inherit all that God has planned for those he redeems. Paul helped the Ephesian believers understand that salvation was according to God's purposes and not merely human ideas. Jesus did what was necessary to make salvation possible. Paul saw the Ephesian believers as just the first couple of countless people who would respond to God's gift of redemption. Throughout time, moving forward... Many would and will see what is available to them by watching those of us who have already been saved and changed by this great gift of God. Okay, now here's the point I want to make on this, on these paragraphs right here. It's that people are watching your Christianity and they will follow the version of God that you follow. If you follow a God who is, uh, it's all about speaking things into existence and getting all that you want and having all the things of the world, if that's the version of God that we teach, that's the version that they're going to follow. But if we teach them about a God who forgives sin, and that you, we are sinners saved by grace, now that's a that's a version of him that people don't want to talk about. But that is the God that we know. Amen. That is the God of Abraham. That is the God of Isaac. That is the God of Jacob. That That's the God. That's the God who's the King of kings and Lord of lords and creator of the universe. That's the God that I serve. So, but that's the version that we need to make sure that our young people see in us. A, a, ver, a version that talks about sin. A version that, that goes to God and says, God, forgive me for what I've done. I was wrong. Or I was arrogant. I was prideful. I did something the other day. And um, I had to go to my boys and I had to ask for their forgiveness. Now, I'm going to tell you something. As a, as a dad, dad didn't want to do that. Uh-huh. But I was caught in the wrong. And, you know, I got all angry and frustrated, and, and I was spouting off at the mouth, and I said some things I probably should have said. And I, I, held my, I held my pride until the Holy Spirit said, you're really going to have to let that go. And then I also realized in order to let that go properly, I needed to go make amends, and I needed to ask for forgiveness. And so I grabbed my boys, and I pulled them, and I said, listen, it's not your fault, it's mine. I made, I made a mistake. That's my fault. Because what's more important to me than anything is to making sure they understand that the correct way to be is not prideful. It's broken. Yeah. You can't live in this world and have a correct relationship with the Father if you can't go and apologize and ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Amen. You just can't do it. It's, I mean, I'm not perfect. 
Father, I mean, I'm just I'm just using that as an example because we have to be able to find those imperfections in ourselves and make sure that the younger generation doesn't adopt our lousy habits Amen. in our ways. Making sure they know, hey, I'm wrong. I was not right for that. Let's keep moving forward. Let's ask let's ask for forgiveness. I need your forgiveness. That's the proper way to handle Amen. it. My part you said, you're just a sinner saved by grace. Mm-hmm. And that'll never change as long as you're here on this earth. That's right. You'll always you're be always a sinner. Absolutely. Saved by grace. Yep. Always. That's and good, It'll Jim. never change. No, no, it won't. Very good. Okay. Um, yeah, let's go to, am I in section three? Yes. Okay, section three. As noted earlier, Paul had indicated that upon salvation, a new believer has the Holy Spirit at work in his or her life. Ephesians 1, 15-18 tells us that this refers to uh, practical manifestations of spiritual power for living, including wisdom from the Spirit and growth in the knowledge of the Lord. Okay, what did it just say here? That's a good part of the lesson. I want to point this out because this is healthy stuff right here. It says, Ephesians 1 through 15 through uh, 18 tells us that this refers to practical, practical manifestations. Now, I'm a, I'm a, uh, oh, they would call me Holy Roller. They would say that that's what we are. They'd say because we believe, and the reason they attribute that to this kind of a church is because we believe in speaking in tongues. That's really what, that's what it comes down to. The fact that you believe in speaking in tongues or you are okay with it makes you a Holy Roller. But I've been saying this for a long time, is that it, I believe in all of that stuff. I believe in healing. I believe in gifts of the Spirit. I believe in all those things. But some of the most important things that you will ever receive are practical manifestations. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. Useful things. It doesn't do any good to come in here and speak in tongues and go out there and make up a series of bad decisions and land yourself in jail. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't. In fact, they don't even make any sense. Or make bad decisions with your spouse. Or make bad decisions with your children or your family. What good did it do? What good was any of it if if we weren't making better decisions out there? So it says, practical manifestations of spiritual power for living. What? Spiritual power for living? I thought, Tanner, I thought the only spiritual power to be had was when we were speaking in tongues or we seen uh, people running in the church or gifts in use. No. Believe it or not, there's spiritual power for living. And how does that manifest, though? Well... According to the lesson, in biblical, it includes wisdom from the Spirit and growth in the knowledge of the Lord. Amen. Wisdom from the Spirit and knowledge of the Lord. So the more you learn about Him, the more you begin to realize, maybe I should change my decision-making here. And it starts to change. You start to do things differently. It's like, I shouldn't do that no more. You know what? I'm going to start doing this. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna. I'm gonna change the way that I, I, uh, I manage my money. I'm gonna change what I'm doing on Saturday night. I'm gonna change. I'm, I'm just gonna change it. Why? Because growing in knowledge of the Lord and the Spirit says, "Hey, you know what? There's a better way. There's there's a better way to do this. There's a better way to treat your children. Amen. There's a better way to treat other people." Um, transformation. Someone had their hand up. Quick. A lot of people say, well, you know, and they use this for, uh, and I've done the same thing myself. You know, so, well, I'm not perfect, you know. Right. Kind of hide behind it. And, you know, I'm saved, but I'm not perfect. But don't use that 
no, no use government. that to go out and do things or say things and yeah. and and you know what I'm trying to say is like it, like don't use, use it against yourself. Yeah. But yeah. we know that we're in this world and we're going to make mistakes mm -hmm. as long as they're not honest mistakes. All right. Right. It's different. But don't don't just cop out and say, well, that's that's the reason. You know, that's that's the way I am. So yeah. hiding hiding be. behind it, hiding behind the excuse yeah. of that we're but not it perfect. Told us to, uh, although we're not perfect, it said work toward that perfection. Work towards perfection. It's very good. Okay. Then through the Spirit we will find confident hope as our hearts are enlightened. Ultimately, we need to see that as holy people of God, we are called to live as, uh, as His people. We're called to live what? Holy. Holy people. Amen. Through the course of listening to the Holy Spirit and responding to Him in obedience, we will discover the hope and benefits uh, we have as a result of our relationship with God. It is only when Christians learn to listen to the Holy Spirit and live in obedience to what he says that they will be able to begin to comprehend the power that is available to them to accomplish the purpose God has for their lives. That's good stuff. Amen. That's good stuff because we're talking about we're talking about the way that you live from day to day, not just a service that takes place on a Sunday morning. Because, once again, do we not attribute some of these things to a Sunday morning experience? What did it say here? It said, uh, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. and uh, It is only when Christians learn to listen to the Holy Spirit and live in obedience to what he says that we'll be able to comprehend the power, I circled power, that is available to them to accomplish the purpose of living. And so, yes, we can have power-packed services. That's great. But do you have a power-packed life? Do you have a life that's actually seeking after God and making decisions according to God's word? Or do we come in on Sunday morning and, and we're like, okay, you know, um, enjoy the service, enjoy the word. Hey, pastor, that was good. But we go home and we just kind of forget about it. And then we go back into our life again and it's back to the struggle, back to the grind, back to frustration, back to all those things. Maybe we need to take God and say, hey, what do you got to say about how I'm living? And maybe I need to switch some things. Maybe I need to do some things differently than I was doing them before. I'm not saying that your life would be perfect because there is no perfection in that manner. But as Jim said, we're striving for perfection. Man, if you can apply some of God's teaching to your life and make it better, why wouldn't we? I mean, if we can stop suffering needlessly for no reason at all, if we can stop suffering, why wouldn't we take it? And I think one of some of the reasons we don't take it is because... We have left God at the church. God has God got left at the at the at the church house, and we learned it and we heard about it. It was good, and then we just we leave it here. It's got to be applicable in your life. Okay, last paragraph. Paul desired that the Ephesians would uh, better grasp God's power, the power that raised Christ from the dead. Now he sits enthroned in heaven, exalted above all the rulers and powers in the natural and supernatural realms, now and forever. Jesus is also the head of the church, amen, which is his body. That's us. The Father has placed all things under his authority. Uh, and also, by the way, that also means you have authority. So, But I'm going to get into all that. You have authority. Christians are called to respond to Jesus' commands, for it is not enough to merely hear the scripture, uh-oh, as enlightened by the Spirit. Not enough just to what? To hear it? What do you mean? I thought that was a good thing that I was here. It's only good when you start doing it. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's when it really matters. It's when you're actually doing it. 
So did you get? Did you get? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't want to be disrespectful. I'm not being disrespectful. Did you get points for showing up today? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't know. You have to work that out with him. <laughs> but it's, that's not the most important part of it. What's most important is what you're going to take from today. That's going to be the most important part. It's, it's how did it change your life? What did you get from today that you can apply for tomorrow? How did it change you? What the message was that impacted you and that you're going forward now uh, in a different way? That's what matters. Not that we start, we start thinking that, man, I showed up. Where's my blessings? My goodness. If we've gotten to that point. I mean, if we've gotten to the point where we're just showing up and we think we deserve some blessings, man, we are, we are spoiled. We're spoiled. Amen. Come on. Okay. Uh, Christians must obey these words as well. Then, as the church walks in obedience, people will be blessed and equipped to share the gospel. Okay. So there's a lot of things to take from today's lesson. Um, and I hope that you're able to take, you know, something that we've discussed this morning and, and take it with you. The, um, the, one of the main topics that we want to talk about, you know, we've been talking about this morning, um, is understanding that God is not just a God who blesses for nothing. It's like, well, you call, I, I call him my God, and the Bible says that I am his, his child. Okay, well, I get that, and I understand that. But do you live for him every single day? I mean, do we really, do we pursue him? Do we go after him? Do we actually want to be in his presence? Do we want to try to be in it as much as possible? Do we want to hear from him? Do, let, me, let me ask this question. I think this is something to meditate on. Do you want to hear from him even when things aren't bad? Mm -hmm. Come on. I mean, that's normally when we want to hear from him the most. Hey, I want to hear from you when I'm, I'm destitute and, and, and I've got a really bad situation going. On. Yeah, give me some advice. But what about when things are going well? Do you still want to hear from him? Oh, yeah. You still want to fellowship with him? That can really examine our motive about the God that we serve and where we are putting him in our lives. I'm out of time. God bless you guys. Thank you.